3: Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap
0: for your world famous two-time chips and feel
3: the power! It's a new game, yes it is!
0: For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the Rank College Football Statistical Model, and the home of Mr. Max Meyer from William Hill for your gambling advice in the conference. Thank you for joining us. This is Brian Conger, and this is part three of our Pac-12 season win totals. If you haven't listened to our last two podcasts, Please do so. We did the Pac 12 South and two spots, and those are up on our podcast feed, which you can join and subscribe on any podcast catcher at 12PAC Radio. That's 12 Pack Radio. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at 12 Pack Radio. A lot to talk about. We're going into the Pac 12 North this, uh, and, and it'll be interesting which direction we go. A lot to talk about here, and four guys on the podcast that know their stuff. And we are joined again by Hithliday from Addicted to Quack and the Quack 12 Podcast. What's going on, Hithliday? Uh,
0: not much. I'm excited to find out who the fourth person knows what they're talking about is.
1: I know. It'll be interesting. We're all going to draw lots, and uh, it's it's going to be a good old decimation. <laughs> um, also joined by Mr. Rob Barron from Sharp College Football and, uh, and Beta Rank. And by the way, Rob and I have been going back and forth doing these little vignettes on Periscope and Twitter um, that are kind of supplemental questions and answers to this podcast. So definitely follow us on Twitter there, because I think those have gone over really well. What's going on, Rob?
3: Not much. uh, Like we we had an NFL draft to watch. That was kind of fun. (laughs) It was was sports. It was sports, sort of on TV.
1: It was funny, like. I, I am always a person that looks at the details. Anytime there's like a picture of somebody's house, I'm immediately looking at the decor and like what books that like I was wondering if there's gonna just be some really awkward books in the bookshelves that people forgot to remove. Uh, but lo and behold, that wasn't the case, but it was still really interesting. And uh, and speaking of the draft, Mr. Max Meyer from William Hill, who I'm sure had a uh, did a pretty good job. Um, in terms of sweeping in some money there from the the bets based on the draft. How are you, Max, and how did William Hill do on the prop bets?
2: Well, I mean, I know that we got a record amount of uh, betting handle uh, from the NFL draft. I mean, we, we had uh, over 200 props available for both Nevada and New Jersey. Uh, we had some big winners. Uh, I hit on one uh, long-shot draft prop uh, from another book, which was awesome. And that made it a lot of fun. I had, uh, I had Clyde Edwards, alaire 20 to one first running back taken.
1: <laughs> 20 to one. Right on, man. That's, that, that's great. Congratulations.
2: Thank you. So that, that was fun. Uh, yeah, I mean the draft, I I just think that the draft in general is, um, it's, it's a very profitable area if you are, if you are a sports better just because it's so information based and, we, and if you uh, shop at multiple books, you can definitely um, get good – you can get, like, best of the numbers. You can um, – maybe one book is offering plus money on one outcome and the other is offering plus money on the opposite outcome. And, yeah, I, I think I think the, the draft for both NFL and NBA, that's probably the easiest chances that bettors have at making a profit.
1: And we'll get into some of the players that were drafted. We'll do that probably next week. But uh, because we want to get into these season win totals because there is just a lot to cover and we really want to take a deep dive into each team. And with that said, before we do get into that, well, the one thing I want to highlight that we haven't mentioned yet is JT Daniels entering the transfer portal. Now, he hasn't officially transferred to a team, but entering the portal is, uh, you know, like the first step of that. And, Hithloday, let's give you the question here first. What did you think about Daniels as a talent, and what were your impressions of him, you know, stepping his toe into the portal and kind of seeing um, if, if he's going to be taken up by, and I would assume by, a lot of programs that are that had their eye on him after Slovis ended up really taking the helm of that program?
0: Uh, Well, it's... I'm sure there are a lot of programs that are salivating over a five-star quarterback, especially, you know, on the West coast where I believe it's eight of the uh, 12 uh, conference teams are, are replacing their quarterback um, in 2020. So who knows, Uh, you know, that, that may wind up, you know, really upending uh, what we think about certain teams. Um, I didn't really get a whole ton of eyes on JT Daniels uh, because he didn't play in 2019. And in 2018, Uh, uh, Oregon didn't play USC so there wasn't really any call for me to do film study on the guy. Um, From what I did uh, see of him however I I will say you know, the idea that like Slovis and Daniels are interchangeable and they're, you know, uh, is really wrong. Like JT Daniels game is very different from Slovis's. Uh, uh, Slovis is much more like deliberate, uh, short passing, um, almost like West Coast offense uh, is sort of his natural game. Um, and JT Daniels is like, You know, as our friends of Reign and Troy's, you know, say it's YOLO ball for that guy. Um, And uh, it's interesting. uh, You know, I think there are a couple of teams in the Pac-12 that could uh, uh,
1: profit from his talents. Um, uh, So it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Max, you follow USC closer than anybody. What do you think about him as a quarterback? And is he someone that can take the reins of a program and drive it in the right direction?
2: Well, admittedly, like I kind of feel bad for Daniels just because his freshman year, like he still had Team Martin as offensive coordinator, and the offensive line that was protecting him really did a poor job for a lot of it. I mean, granted, um, I mean he still his decision making uh, left something to be desired, but you can also uh, a lot of freshman quarterbacks are like that. Granted, I mean the the two. Uh, quarterbacks that were ranked ahead of him in his class are, are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. So I guess maybe uh, people were expecting to see more early on, just given that Lawrence uh, emerged like as uh, uh, immediately as a true freshman went after he replaced Kelly Bryant. Um, and then Justin Field. as soon as he transferred uh, to Ohio state, he he's been uh, lights out too. But no, I, I, I think that there's a lot of upside to um, getting Daniels. I just really hope he just, he doesn't join tennessee because the the i don't think that he should go for a reunion with t martin just because i don't know if he wants to go to that type of offense again
1: (laughs) well let's move on want to keep going into these season win totals here i don't want to start with oregon hithladay let's leave oregon for last let's save the best for last here Want to open up with washington Mm -hmm. because i think this is a perplexing team obviously they lose their quarterback to the nfl draft they lose some key pieces of their program but um Let's talk, let's talk them first. And let's, let's give this to Rob here, Rob, what was this Washington team last year? What did the numbers say about them? And uh, what does it project moving into the 2021 season?
3: So Washington was, I mean, Washington was interesting last season that they uh, they were real They had a really big split. Um, So they graded out a number 38 on offense and number 10 on defense um at the end of last year their special teams really did improve they were they finished out number 16 in special teams there um what's what's tough with this Washington team is that you look at like they're they're 103 in returning production but it's it's 127 on the offensive side of the ball there's just nobody coming back um you flip it around they've got good production coming back for on the defensive side of the ball um and they recruited fairly well um a, you know, at number 17 overall on the two-year average that I use. Um, there's there's a lot to like on, on the defense. Beta Rank projects them to be, I believe, at number 10 again. Um, the offense is, you know, for this team is the, the very big question mark because you lose so much – you lose quite a bit of the line. You lose your running back. You lose your quarterback. You lose, you know, uh, undrafted Hunter Bryant. <laughs> um,
2: that, was, that was crazy to me, by the and, way. It wasn't crazy to
0: me. I watched him.
2: Oh, never. It just seemed that he was like the the biggest miss. I guess that's really not uh, saying much for Washington, but he was usually their biggest uh, mismatch um, on the field last season when he was healthy. Um, But yeah, and then I I guess, I mean, and then Devin Asiasi, what he was like the second tight or third tight end taken. And I, I was kind of blown away by that too.
3: Yeah, well I mean but then I think the biggest thing with this Washington team is that they you you do have you have continuity on the defensive side of the ball. Kwiatkowski takes back over at DC. Um, you know, lakes there still, of course, but um, you know, he's Quyatowski's really like he was he's an excellent play caller. Um, you know, I don't expect things to change dramatically there. The the question is, is I mean, they went out and hired Josh Donovan really out of left field um to run that offense. Uh I'm 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 interested to see it. I, I I was not impressed with Donovan's time as a play caller in college. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how we'll see how it goes. They they definitely set themselves I think sort of behind Oregon. Um, with that with that with that play call with it, that play caller hire.
1: Yeah, and Day, you're talking about how recruiting in the trenches is what makes a team. And if you take a look at the teams in the Pac-12, Stanford has taken a step back. USC continuously brings in pretty high-level talent. Oregon clearly does. The only other team that I think in the Pac-12 has recruited at a, a pretty high level on the defensive line and on the offensive line is Washington. So taking that into account, taking the account that they're bringing their secondary back, what do you, like, you expect of this team coming into the year?
0: Well, it, before I answer that, I, I have to say Washington in 2019 was probably the most uh you know you're going to say think this is funny coming from an Oregon fan but like was by far the most disappointing power 5 team uh they were they were probably the best team on paper and in terms of various advanced statistics uh, uh that that lost 5 games you know they they at least lost two games they shouldn't have uh Stanford and Colorado uh they played several other close games you know they played four uh games at home uh, you know, against somewhere between tough and very tough opponents in, in Cal, Oregon, Utah, and USC. And, you know, they only won one of those games. Um, they It was, you know, just a really remarkable underperformance. Um, and there are a bunch of reasons for that. I, uh, you know, I, I wrote a bunch of articles about it. Um, but some of it is just, you know, probably some dumb luck, you know, probably just some, mm-hmm. uh, some, some bad luck, you know, uh, not all of it, obviously not even the most of it, but some of it is when you lose games by like one or two points, you know, it's bad. You know, there's some, some amount of bad luck is going on there. And so I, I think that actually Washington will wind up doing, I'm a little higher on Washington on paper, um, than, than their win total last year and some of their disappointing performances would predict. Um, What's weighing that down, first of all, as Rob said, uh, you know, I I think their offensive coordinator hires a dud. And I mean, their offensive coordinator before him, Bush Hamden, was, you know, holding them back, Uh, wrote a lot of articles about that, too. and the other thing is their schedule gets much, much, much tougher um, in, tw- you know, in 2019, they had all their tough games at home in 2020 because this is how Pac-12 scheduling works. All their tough games are on the road. Um, you know, all, all of those games that I mentioned, they got to play, you know, they got to play at Oregon. They got to play at USC. They got to play uh, at Utah, et cetera. Uh, they got to play at Cal. Um Washington's a funny team to look at because I think they could simultaneously simply by regression to the mean or regression to their talent level um, be a a better team uh, and yet still wind up with kind of the same record because they're facing a much more uphill battle.
1: Yeah, I hear you, and if we're taking a look at the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I think that's short up. They have blue chips all across the secondary. They continue to recruit well on the secondary. They have enough in the trenches. They do lose two of their starting linebackers and a starting defensive end, but Levi Awuzarike uh, returns. They have just some really solid, intriguing pe- uh, people behind him. It's the offense that is... Just that's the biggest question mark. Josh Donovan, new quarterback, they lose Salvan Ahmed. Their offensive line is uh, departing. And it could be, I mean, and I think, Max, this is why when you take a look at Washington, a team that has recruited at a blue chip level, a team that has a, I would uh, argue, a blue chip defensive coordinator slash coach now-ish. <laughs> um, the the Jer- So Jersey gives Washington's season win total, it's set at eight. And Vegas has it at eight and a half. And when you take a look at a Washington team, you go, "Oh, that that seems low." But looking at the missing pieces on offense and their schedule, how does uh, how are your feelings about those numbers? Do you think they're about fair? And then we'll break down the schedule from
2: there. Yeah, I, I would say that eight, eight and a half seems fair. I mean, just based off of my uh, power ratings uh, for the for Washington's conference or for the entire Pac-12 conference, and then. Uh, parlaying that into Washington's schedule, I have Washington at 5.95, Pac-12 wins and 3.05 Pac-12 losses. I really think that that Michigan game to start the season—that's—that's that's probably going to—I sw- would say like of all the games, like if Washington loses that Michigan game, I think that that's going to be very hard for them uh, to uh, go over that total, just because I mean they—they those road games of Oregon, Utah, Cal, and USC. You have to think that that's at least – well, th- that's definitely two games where Washington is at least a touchdown underdog uh, with Oregon and USC. And then Cal and Utah, those are uh, – Washington is either going to be like pick em, maybe like a one-point favorite, maybe like a one- or two-point underdog in those games. And so it's, it's a, definitely a tough road schedule.
1: And they have the early bye, too, after the first three – non-conference teams and then so it's just a grind through the Pac-12 on the road against like you mentioned some of the best teams let's break down the three non-conference games here like you mentioned they have Michigan Uh, I'm assuming that's on a neutral I have that on neutral or is it in Seattle No, that's uh, at
3: Husky Stadium oh
1: nice right on okay balls of the wall right on good job Jimmy Lake and uh, Peterson Um, after that they have Sacramento State and Utah State at home like you mentioned, Max, that Michigan game is going to really, I think, determine what that number finally is at the end of the season in terms of their win total. Rob, what does Beta rank have this uh, have that game
3: at? rank has got Washington as a very slight favorite in that game um, with the home field. It's got them with a fifty-five percent win probability and about almost to one point eight three on the on the spread. Um, it's i mean michigan loses a lot too i mean these are both. neither of these teams projects in the top 10 um i'm interested to see this because this will be michigan with the second year with josh gaddis calling plays and and that offense may have evolved a little bit i'm interested to see where that is but washington should with the home field they're they're, they should be a very slight favorite in this game
1: hifliday do you have
0: them winning that game i i have it as a coin flip i you know uh, I I have no real insight because Rob's right. You know, we can, you know, poke fun at Washington for losing a lot. But there, if there's one team that loses more, it's Michigan. I, yeah. I really have no I really have no idea who they're even going to field.
1: Rob, one question on Utah State here with Jordan Love going to the NFL and maybe a team jumping up and grabbing him a little higher than than anticipated. Max, I think you had a tweet. Uh, what, what did you say about Jordan Love?
2: Oh, that the Packers got the Mountain West Conference version of Brett Hunley.
1: Yeah, nice. I thought that was a good one. Um, How does that Utah State team? Brett Hunley was a lot better than Jordan Love (laughs) (laughs) in his last year. (laughs) Um, What what does uh, Beta Rank have that Utah State team at?
3: Uh, So they they come in at 92. They stunk last year. Um, You know, Jordan Love and that offense stunk last year. so it's they come in at uh they're a twenty one point favorite. They've got a ninety six percent win probability at home with that game. Like that's that's a game Washington should win pretty handily. Um there. Gary Anderson's gonna have to to have to figure figure out the defense for Utah State to start getting better.
0: Yeah, Washington's at a conference is real it's like a coin flip for Michigan and then sim through the bye to the Ducks game. It's
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Unless you want your fullback to get the Heisman, which I always try to do in NCA 14. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on, we have uh, October 3rd at Oregon. Here are the next three games for Washington. At Oregon, Oregon State at home, and at Utah, I think they lose that Oregon game. I'm not as high as I think you guys are on at at Utah as a, as a team in general. I understand that going to the mountains and playing them at altitude is a problem, but I actually have them coming out 2-1 and one in that third that three slate game uh, schedule here, but let's go with you. Hithleday. Any, any thoughts, any, anything about these teams jump out in those three games?
0: Um, I, I have them losing to Utah, but uh, as we were talking about the last time we recorded, you know Utah is losing a ton, um, you know uh, as well. You know it, it's going to be interesting to watch, you know U Dub's all new offense versus Utah's all new defense. It's kind of difficult to predict how that will uh, go down. I I just have Utah winning on home field advantage.
1: Max, what, where uh where do you got Utah in those power rankings compared to? Oregon and I'm sorry, Oregon compared to Washington. And uh, any thoughts on that game on the road at at Otzen?
2: Yeah. So oh, and oh, and So I have Washington four points higher than Utah in my power rating. So I have the Utah game as as essentially a pick 'em. Um, and then at Oregon, I have Oregon six points higher than Washington. So I think that this one, it, it'll be clo- like, yeah, it, it'll be close to double digits for that game. Um, I just, the, I guess for me with Oregon and Utah, I just trust their coaching staffs a lot more. And especially because with Washington, it's it's a young offense going into these um, ravenous atmospheres. I mean, often this will be a lot of, uh, I mean, some of the young Huskies like first games in, in a road atmosphere. And then Utah, like that's also a really tough place to play at. And I'll and I'll take Kyle Whittingham uh, any day over uh, Jimmy Lake and and over uh, Josh Donovan. So yeah, I, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean, like if if I had to pick right now, I'd say if they lose to both Oregon and Utah
0: that's the thing that's difficult about Jimmy Lake as a head coach, because at the same, at the one time there is uh, a lot of continuity there for obvious reasons. Uh, On the other hand, like, he's literally never been a head coach before. And there's a lot of psychological, you know, factors that are going to go, you know, what direction is Washington going after one of their great head coaches of all time? What, you know, how will they, you know, be going through this transition? They don't have a lot of, especially on the offense, you know, any sort of veterans, uh, you know, in the classic leadership positions like quarterback or center, you know, to to, you know, be providing that leadership on the field. Like I know those are a bunch of like squishy questions and I don't like to spend a lot of time on those, but we we have no idea. It's one of the great question marks of the Pac-12. You know, it's entirely possible the team folds early or they go the other direction. I just don't know.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I I like their, I thought their running backs were interesting as young guys. They're wide receivers. They have some young talent, but again, young. I mean, that's the key issue there. Like you mentioned, they don't return their center hit the day. They also lose both of their tackles, including Trey Adams. So just a lot of pieces to try to put together to to develop an offensive identity. And Jimmy likes focus has always been on the defensive side of the ball. Let's move to the next three here, Rob, and let's go with you. We got Arizona at Cal. That, that game at Cal is really interesting to me. And then they have Stanford at Home, so those last two portions of that schedule are really interesting to me. What do you think?
3: Well, I like them to beat Arizona (laughs) for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's much question there. Uh, I, I, I think this Washington team. Like, if I have to bet on, you know, if you have to bet on this game, like, I, I like Washington against Cal, even at Cal, because I have, I have faith that this Washington defense is going to be very good. I'm, I'm less certain what this Cal defense is going to lo- look like next season um, with all the losses that they're taking on that side of the ball, even with everything that their return on offense. I, st- I still have questions how much of a jump they have on offense. So I think Washington wins that game. Um, Stanford, I mean, I. Uh, I mean, this feels like a, this feels like a game that Washington like would just drop out of like stupidity. But if you asked me to bet it now, like I'd bet on Washington again because Stanford's coming off such a bad season. Like they, I feel like they're they're at the point as a program they almost have to prove it.
1: And Stanford snuck up snuck up on them last time. I mean, that was just an inexplicable yeah. loss from Washington. I was watching that game, just going, holy crap, this is this is inappropriate. Max, those last two games, do you have uh? Where do you have them coming out of that three game slate? Arizona at Cal, Stanford.
2: Yeah. So, um, in terms of the win probabilities that I have, I, um, it's around one. So I have it at around, uh, 2.2, uh, wins for Washington. So I'll, I'll round and go two and one.
1: Okay. Next three games on the schedule at USC, Colorado, and then the Apple cup on the road in the Palouse. And, um, I have them going two and one. I'm, I'm not high on this Wazoo team. I think Colorado's not going to be good. And I don't really think they're going to go to the Coliseum and knock off the Trojans. Um, Hithliday, any, any words on these, by the way, like, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about teams that travel over to Pullman? Uh, it just seems like that can oftentimes be a trap game, but because this is a rivalry, it always seems like Washington has just been all over Washington state. Understandably, obviously their coach is gone, but uh, a team that's trying to put everything together. Do you think there's a scenario where Washington drops a game in the apple cup? Uh, Sure. I, uh,
0: there's a scenario, Um, I, you know, it it was very clear that the apple cup was uh, one directional because of Mike Leach's offense, that there's a, mm, there's a, there's a key to unlock that. And, and, Kwiatkowski or Lake found the key and that was it. and because Mike Leach never changes his offense you know that was it you know they figured it out once and they didn't have to do any prep work at all in fact they were kind of open in the media about it so I don't think it's some sort of magical property where you know Seattle being a superior town to Pullman means that they will win that game in perpetuity it was something specific to Mike Leach Mike Leach is gone and so you know I think it'll be a, a game again or you know at least it'll be you know performing more like what the talent we predict, uh, and Washington State. You know, we'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, I assume, but the because they are in the north still, right? Um, th- that's probably the biggest question mark. You know, team in the Pac-12. You know, going from a very iconic uh, uh, offensive system to a different uh, uh, offensive system in which you know some pretty different things are required of, in particular, their offensive line. Um, you know, and. and who knows uh how it's going to go I, I you know the, almost the entire coaching staff is is replaced like down to the like the the people who get coffee um it, it, it's difficult to say uh how Washington State is going to perform. On the other hand, it's the last game of the year, and so we'll probably have a pretty good idea by the time that rolls around, and all the coaching staffs will know, you know, the other team pretty pretty well. I agree with you about them not being able to beat USC. I think the most interesting thing about that game is whether or not USC will actually run at the great vulnerability of Washington's defense, which is their inside linebackers. You know, they stunk uh, to hell last year. They were both seniors, and they graduated. Um, and, you know, what they've got left is, you know, Bob Gregory has still forgotten to recruit in side linebackers, uh, they're, they're probably going to be starting a walk on Ulfotio. Um, I, I think they're going to be really vulnerable up the middle of the run. I think Oregon's going to run all over them. I think USC has potential to run all over them, but for weird ideological reasons, they don't like running the ball, um, even when they should. So uh, th- uh, I, I'm more interested in watching that game for how USC uh, evolves as an offense uh, than I am, you know, uh, from a competitive level, because I think that USC is just going to torch them.
1: Rob, what do the numbers say on that USC game?
3: Uh, so, I, and I said this last time, but just to be clear, like I, I think the model is higher on Washington than I am. I think the model is higher, low, lower on USC and Oregon than I am. Um, so it's got Washington as a favorite in that game. I flip it. I have USC as a favorite, um, but the model has Washington with a 65% win probability and a four-point favorite in that game. I, I I would actually just flip that around and give USC <laughs> the, that win probability and and that that uh, that much of a favorite in that game. Um, yeah, I just I, I have faith in the USC offense in that game for sure.
1: So I have the season win total for Washington at eight. With them trying to get over that hump by either beating USC on the road, Oregon on the road, or Michigan, I just don't think they do it. And that bakes in a win on the road at Utah. So I actually like the 8.5 number from Vegas and taking the under, which is plus 100. Um, So even odds on that front. Um, I don't think it's a great bet. I'd actually probably stay away from this. But if you were to force me to to pick one or the other, I would take the under 8.5. What do you think, Max?
2: Yeah, for me, this is a stay away. Um, Maybe uh, that Vegas book that has the eight and a half and the minus 120, maybe that they'll get some money over and then that'll turn to a nine with heavy juice on the under because I don't see Washington getting the 10 wins. But I think think it's honestly, I think with the the Jersey book having an eight and Vegas having an eight and a half, I mean, granted, having the even price on the under does make it somewhat tempting, but Washington just has so much talent but with the schedule and and the and the questions with coaching staff and the returning production, I it just, like I, I would lean under, but it's not strong enough for me to play it.
1: Yeah, like to put it another way, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington wins nine games, but um, I wouldn't also be surprised if they won eight games, and I would be willing to put a little bit of more money on them actually winning eight rather than nine. Uh, but they certainly have the talent, like you mentioned, Max. Uh, what do you think, hilliday
0: i think eight sounds just about right simply because you know as i look at it they're playing about five losable games and it's hard for me to see them you know you know losing 80 percent of their losable games that doesn't just doesn't feel quite right for them on the other hand you know i think we really need to reckon with the possibility this offense might be god awful like they're returning practically nobody uh you know the the and and they don't have much of an offensive coordinator. They don't have an offensive mind as their head coach. Um, you know, it, it it I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but there's a very plausible scenario in which this is you know bottom three offense in the Pac-12, and and then it kind of doesn't matter how good your defense is. Like, you know, you you can't win every game ten to seven.
1: Yeah, and that defense, to be fair, I think is going to be nasty, um, but it still leads it to. I think that puts a cap. If the offense isn't as good, uh, puts a cap on what Washington can do. Final word, Rob. What do you think about the season win total with Washington?
3: No, I mean I think Hilladay's right. Like as soon as they made the hire, my immediate thought was like, ooh, is is Washington trying to be Michigan State? Um, just a all, all all defense, no offense team. Like that's uh, they're, they, the eight eight's just right on the nose for them. Like I I think they have a couple of toss up you know games that are in the range of like you could see them winning you know see them losing so it feels right
1: all right let's move to the eastern part of the state and let's do it right after this
2: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal
0: each week you're here us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment That is a harsh lesson in business.
2: Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
0: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
2: many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
0: Listen to
2: The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
1: All right, we're back talking season win totals in the Pac-12 North. Let's jump over to Wazoo over the Palouse. Interesting team, obviously a whole new coaching staff. Hithloday, the last time we had you on, on the offensive line front, you were talking about how the transition on the offensive line is going to be a problem for this team, which gave me a lot of pause when I was taking a look at what I was expecting out of Washington State. Different offensive system, didn't recruit very well on the defensive front, entirely new coaching staff, and the season win total here is seven in Jersey and six in Vegas. And we'll go through the schedule, but in general, what are your expectations of Washington state as they try to put to put it together in 2020 and 2021? Um, I think that, well, it, it,
0: Washington state's the hardest to predict simply because there's going to be so much that's new about it. As I was talking about when we were discussing Washington, um, I think that their defense is going to continue to be just God awful. Um, they they just don't have the talent for it. And uh, they, they, almost certainly do not have, uh, some sort of, you know, transformational player like Hercules Mata'afa or, you know, defensive genius like, uh, Alex Grinch, um, to, to get some amazing performance out of, uh, uh you know, otherwise like just not talented players i mean i i don't want to bag on kids too much but i was watching these guys a lot in film study and it's like you know i've seen more talented high school teams on defense so the way that washington state will have the reason why people see a lot of similarities between how you know the washington state before and after mike leach's departure is that they're gonna have to win the game by you know just overpowering them on offense and it's possible the run and shoot does that. I mean, a lot of standing NCAA records were set by in, uh, by run and shoot teams. Um, The question is going to be how quickly and how well and how smoothly that, you know, changeover happens. And, that's a big unknown. There's really just no way to predict it. They certainly have the wide receivers for it. I think those guys uh, are, are not just system receivers. I think they're pretty, you know, sharp, crafty, experienced dudes who can handle transition, but it's going to depend on the quarterback. It's going to depend on how well the offensive line can block for it. Uh, and I, I got some serious questions about that. Um, so I, I'm not sure. On the other hand, Wazoo has sort of like weird devil magic. Uh, you know, I, I – I could easily see them winning, you know, when, I, when I went through the schedule and every time I, I had like a, when, when I was looking at other teams and I had like a cluster of like opponents and I said, well, they're going to go two and one against, you know, these three opponents and the loss will be, ah, hell Wazoo. Cause they're the devil magic team. And so like, I somehow w- added up Wazoo getting eight wins, all of which are devil magic <laughs> wins. So, you know, I don't count them out They're They're the wild card in the race.
1: Absolutely. they And it's just it's a that's a trip that is not pleasant um, in terms of travel logistics and all that stuff going to Pullman. And um, and oftentimes I always would bet on Washington State in the Friday night games. I don't think they actually have any. We'll take a look at the schedule here, but um, they do at the Apple Cup. But usually those ones are super fun when uh, teams go up to the Palouse on a Friday night.
0: Yeah, the, the, the Apple Cup is on a Friday, but uh, it, 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 and it's in Pullman. But, you know. that could be a wild game.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, if we take a look at some of their team, like some of their uh, returning personnel, like you mentioned, Hithloday, their receivers are still good. They still have Max Borgi. Um, Dion McIntosh also returns, so the running back will be pretty good and, and quite good with Borgie there. The quarterback, they lose Anthony Gordon, Gage Gabrood, and Trey Tinsley. They return, you know, it'd be interesting. Cameron Cooper was a four-star top 10 quarterback in the country that had an offer from Georgia. I would assume that he's going to be the guy, but they also have a number seven dual threat guy, and Jaden. DeLora and a guy named Gunnar Cruz who's just that's just a legit name um, so the offense will be interesting the offensive line will probably be an issue it's the defense that's going to be a mess max I'm curious what your expectations are for Washington State
2: yes yeah, so uh, the offensive line discussion definitely opened my eyes with the difference between the air raid and the run and shoot and just with how these offensive linemen that Mike Leach recruited it's actually now total opposite um, for what you want out of offensive linemen, uh, who, uh, t- who typically are blocking the run and shoot, so that actually uh, that alone decreased my power rating of, of Washington State, and I feel like I'm pre- I'm uh, slightly lower than them than the market. I have them uh, 4.19 uh, Pac-12 wins and 4.81 Pac-12 losses.
1: Okay. Let's go through their schedule here, Rob, and some interesting teams in the non-conference. Thursday, September 3rd, and and like when we say September, we probably mean February 3rd, Um, but let's just pretend for sake of argument that it's still September 3rd. At Utah State, to open up the season, they have Houston at home, where uh, West Virginia's old coach rolls up into the Palouse, and then they have Idaho. I'm curious what your numbers say about at Utah State and Houston, because um, I think those will really determine basically what their season win total is going to be at the end of the year.
3: So Bader Inc. just got them projected at 53. Um, they're a favorite over Utah state. Um, they've got a 78% win probability in that game. They're about an eight, eight point favorite there. Um, they're a dog at home to Houston, Houston, um, despite the the quarterback, you know, King deciding to, to jam out um, Holgerson, you know, did manage to get some other guys to, to sit out last year. And, and the roster, Sets up fairly well for Houston. They've recruited pretty well for a group of five. Um, they, they're, they're a one one point eight three point favorite uh, on the road there. Um, that's it's you. I do expect I do expect them to beat Utah State. Um, that Houston game feels like you know a, a real toss up there up in Pullman uh, for them as as to where the offense is. You and I Bryant saw. Um, in Houston, like Houston's got some Houston's got some talent for a group of five team. Like I, I think that their defensive line and uh, you know their their offense could cause problems. Because um, Holgerson, for all of his flaws, <laughs> and all of his flaws, he's a, he's a, he's a sharp offensive mind and a good play caller.
1: Well, for sure. And right after the first three games on the road at Oregon State, which I think that game's really interesting. Now Oregon State's gonna suck this year. Um, but this is I guess I guess Idaho is basically a bye game so maybe the team has the, the time to pick itself up and put it together but then they have Cal at home and Utah at home and those last two games seem like a rough stretch I'm actually really down on this team I think they they win one of two here and one of two in the non-conference maybe they win the game at, at Utah State but either case even if they win they go two and one that puts them behind the eight ball max what do you think about those three games
2: Oh, yeah, so um, at Oregon State, I have Washington State as around a six-point favorite in that game. I, I'm really, really down on the Beavers this year. And then uh, Cal, Cal and Utah, I have them both as slight uh, road favorites in in Pullman. Uh, I think Washington State probably like I would say just because of the, the Pullman factor. Like it, I think that they win at least one of those two games against Cal and Utah. Um, I'd, I'd probably lean that they 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 beat Utah, lose to Cal, and beat Oregon State. And then with the first uh, three games, I would say they lose to Houston, they beat Utah State, and they beat Idaho. So I would say four and two, but three and three is also definitely a possibility. All
1: right, Rob, four and four, three and two. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I, I have them beating Utah State. I I think they. I think they probably lose to Houston, beat Oregon State. Um, I, I actually, I think they're going to, I think they could lose to, yeah, let's say they went, beat Cal and lose to Utah.
1: Beat Cal. Get out of here. Get out of here beating Cal. <laughs> Garvey's going to throw all over that secondary. I, I like Washington
3: State's defensive coordinator. Like he's going to be like, Dickert is going to be a big improvement over what they were running out there last year.
0: Yeah, that's true. It was. Bought- oh, Go ahead. I've also got Wazoo beating Cal. I, you know, we'll talk about Cal when we talk about Cal. But like, I, you know, I'm I'm not nearly as high on them as a lot of uh, it seems like preseason media, media production indicators are. Um, you know, I, I think that game's fairly close. Wazoo's got him at home, and uh, you know, the Fireball
1: Crazy Magic, you know, is is enough. <laughs> the unicorn blood is always flowing in the Paloos. Uh, Next three-game slate here at Stanford on the road. They have a bye after that. They have Arizona State at home, and then they're on the road at Colorado. Max, what do you have them doing in that three-game slate?
2: Got it. Uh, Yeah, so I have Washington State as a 10-point favorite at Boulder, which sounds crazy, but I'm just really, really down on the Buffaloes this year. Uh, So adding uh, up those win probabilities, I have it around – uh 1.66 uh, six, and then 1.34 losses so uh uh i guess i guess i'll go two and one. i'll round up i'll go two and one in that stretch Ooh. with loss to uh, loss to stanford wins over arizona state and colorado
1: those two wins in the last three groups are piling up here i think you have them at even right now going into the last three here at ucla and then Oregon at home, Washington at home. I have them going one and two, um, and they might lose that UCLA game. Although I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, what do you think Hitler Uh, yeah,
0: I, I've got them losing to Washington. I I've got them, uh, uh, beating UCLA because I think that UCLA is going to stink and, 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 you know, uh, a team that I'm sure is bad versus a team that I'm not sure is bad. I'm going to go with the not sure. um, and then, uh, you know, we'll get to Oregon when we get to Oregon. But, like, I've got Oregon losing to Washington because what the hell. Yeah. I'm sorry, Oregon losing to Washington State because what the hell.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, you know, it's it's got to happen
0: sometime. Um, here's li- Listen, here's the crazy thing about Washington State schedule. Let me read off their – it's their home road splits, and it, and it depends on what you think about playing in Pullman. Here's their home conference slate. Oregon, Washington, Utah, Arizona State, Cal. Right, all the teams that everybody's high on or 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 won their divisions last year. Here's their road slate: Stanford, Oregon State, Colorado, UCLA. All the teams that we think are going to stink. Right, so like it is, you know, if Wazoo's a killer team at home, and they, you know, handle bad teams because they know how to play bad teams because they face one on the practice field every week. Like it is entirely possible that that between magic and Uh, and Martin Stadium that Wazoo does way better than they have any right to. Um, And and on top of that, it's a new coaching staff. It's a new system. Like, this is such a wild card team. I can see them finishing anywhere from eight wins to not making a bowl. Like,
1: stay away from betting on Washington State. I have no idea what's going to happen with this team. All right, Rob, the season win totals here. Jersey has it at seven. With some juice on the over, we have to pay. It's minus one twenty one for over seven, plus one hundred so even odds on the under. Vegas a whole point differential differentiate dif- whole point difference. <laughs> um, minus one thirty five on the over, plus one fifteen on the under. I'm I I like the under and I actually am gonna bet this one. I am not a fan of this team. I think it's gonna take some time for it to gel. I think all of this stuff that's going on and, and Likely some reduced practices and stuff. I don't know. I just think asking them to win seven games is a lot. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, Beta has got them at six and a half. When you add in the FCS game, um, I think that's pretty rosy for them. Um, yeah, I seven is is a number unattainable for this Washington State team. I
2: think this season.
1: And even odds, Max. I don't know. Are there any of those numbers that you like?
2: Uh, for me. I, like if I, if I had to play anything, it would be the under seven at even money in at the Jersey book. Um, but I think like I, I would still have this as just because I guess with that even like it 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 would be I, like I Washington State could win eight, but it's it seems at least just uh, looking at my uh, pac twelve uh, projected record that it's more likely that they win uh, six games compared to eight games. So, but the the problem, I guess, the problem with Washington State is what Hipple Day was saying. Like, they're just such a question mark. Like, it, it's really hard to predict how they're going to fare with the new coaching staff and and, and new quarterback. And I, I think that Washington State could definitely struggle early, which is why I think that uh, the the uh, Houston game going up to Pullman, like that, could definitely be a tricky one for them. But yeah, it's. And and then also the the other thing is that I mean I'm I feel like I'm I'm high on Cal and Stanford and I have Oregon as as a as a clear contender uh, not well as a Pac-12 favorite and then a contender also to potentially make a college football playoff uh, Washington has has a lot of talent so I feel like besides Oregon State who I'm really down on there also has to be another team. Uh, that finishes at around 500 or maybe five and seven. And I feel like Washington state would be the best bet of, of that bunch.
1: All right. Final say, Hithliday. Hithlida. You got those two numbers. Anything that you like?
0: Uh, I'll take a prop bet on Nick Rolovich winning PAC 12 coach of the year uh, for, for reasons that no one comprehends.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. We'll remember that as we, uh, we go into that season here. Um, next one. Let's, let's talk Oregon. Max, you mentioned Oregon being a uh, contender for the Pac-12 playoff and certainly contender in the Pac-12. And uh, Vegas and Jersey agree with you. Nine and a half is the season win total, which is pretty high. Now, um, when you take a look here, a little bit of a discrepancy. Jersey, you get plus 110 for taking the over. And Vegas, you get, uh, you have to pay, it's minus 130 for taking the over. And the under is 110. Uh what Hiflade will have a lot of thoughts on this Oregon uh, team, but Max, let, let's hear your impressions of them. They have to replace their quarterback. We've talked about the offensive line being replaced. Um, they do return a lot of intriguing pieces. The defense is going to be nasty. What are your general thoughts, and wh- what do you expect of this team in this coming year?
2: Yeah, so I, I think Oregon, their defense, I think that that's the best unit of any, any unit in the Pac-12. Um, I really like their coaching staff. Uh, they have one of the best players in all of college football at left tackle in, in Sewell. Uh, I, I, I like their skill position players. Uh, quarterback is, is a question mark, but I just think with having Joe Moorhead, and even though there there might be uh, a bit of an adjustment period going from Arroyo to Moorhead, um, I, I, I'm just much higher on Moorhead as, as a play caller than I am on Arroyo. So I just think there's a lot to like with Oregon, and I have them power rated as the top Pac-12 team, uh, two points over USC on a neutral.
1: Hithliday, I think we all agree that Oregon's going to be the favorite to win the Pac-12 title. Do you think that they are a team that can compete for the college football playoff?
0: I guess I'll put it this way. I I have penciled in a loss to Ohio state, like if for no other reason than to just emotionally prepare myself for it. And as soon as you as soon as you put that down, then they have to go undefeated in the conference slate. You know, they have to get, you know, not just nine, and they have to go 10 and o, uh, including the, the conference game. And it's never happened in the PAC 12. Like, you know, the, the closest anybody's come is Oregon back in 2010 when they, when they swept the, you know, when they went undefeated, but there wasn't a conference title game back then. Um, I I, I, I just don't, I think they're close, but they're not quite good enough to go 10 and 0 in conference play. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure where the loss is going to come. I said earlier that, you know, what the hell, Wazoo in Pullman, because that's the only game that the Cougs ever get up for. I don't know why. Um, but, you know, it could be any one of these. You know, every one of the road games is a trap, right? They got to play at Cal. They got to play at Wazoo. They got to play in the desert, which, Jesus Christ, just kill me now. Um, you know, who knows? The the beeves could trip them up in the Civil War. Like, who knows? Um, I, I just, I can't quite see them. Uh, you know, finishing undefeated in the Pac-12, and and there's never been a two-loss team that's made the playoffs. So I, I guess I would I would have to cage, uh, you know, hedge my bets and say probably not. On the other hand, covering 9.5, yeah, uh, you know, I, I think the second loss will be a surprise, but I, I can't see him losing three.
1: Yeah, I think that was the point that I was, as you were talking, I'm like, uh oh, okay, I, I see, I, I could see that being the case, where the 9.5 is certainly attainable. But, uh, it's, but, and still, possibly doing doing better than ten. But um, it being a real stretch to get there. But still, this team has a tremendous amount of talent. The biggest issue i would say the biggest question mark not the biggest issue is quarterback i think a lot of people that you know nominally watch the pac12 will say well Justin Herbert first round draft pick is uh, is not there anymore what are they gonna do on my my response to that is they have three top 10 quarterbacks in, in the, uh, consecutive classes that can fill in that role including another one in uh, in this year in Robbie Ashford I, i'm sure he's not going to be the starting quarterback but there's talent um, in the wings there and it's all over the place the running back i mean they they return C.J. Verdell. They return almost all of their wide receiving core. Uh, and then, of course, the offensive line is the biggest questions. Before I throw it to Rob, can you just highlight the quarterback situation and the offensive line situation and how you think those <sighs> will play out and pushing them towards like a 9.5, 10 type of a season?
0: Well, we did an entire podcast about the offensive line. To quickly recap it, uh, I think they've recruited offensive line better than anybody in the Pac-12. I think they develop offensive linemen better than anybody in the Pac-12. They have the best offensive line player at the most important position, left tackle Panay Sewell. I'm really not worried about the offensive line. Um, uh, You know, see that podcast for reasons why. In terms of quarterback, I'm almost certain it's going to be Tyler Shuck, uh, the redshirt sophomore. Um, They took a grad transfer Anthony Brown from uh, Boston college. If you remember when I was on this podcast back in January, I predicted something like that might happen. I don't think it jeopardizes uh, Tyler Shucks job. I think it's just about wanting to have an old guy in the room because the other three dudes in the room are effectively all true freshmen in terms of their experience level. Um, and I think that's just about, you know, an insurance policy and, and, you know, uh, it's just being good for, for depth and experience and watching film together. Um, Shuck is pretty good. I, you know, we've seen him in, fairly extensive garbage time uh, and also, you know, against some pretty serious opponents. Like, you know, Auburn and USC, he took several snaps because, you know, Herbert had to go out for a little while. Um, and he looks pretty good to me. You know, the practice reports for three years have been, you know, very positive. You obviously take that with a grain of salt. Um, and then, you know, as you were alluding to, like, yeah, Justin Herbert was, a, you know, taken in the first round of the NFL draft. But I can tell you, you know, I, I did, Jesus 47 games or the film study on justin herbert i can tell you you know max is down on marcus arroyo i understand why i I can tell you the bottleneck in the offense was justin herbert not marcus arroyo like he was just not a reliable you know quarterback he could do amazing things and he would also do really stupid things and the last thing that i'll say about tyler shuck is the number of reps that he's gotten he never did anything stupid uh, and Justin Herbert, if he got the same number of reps, definitely would have done multiple stupid things. And so if, if, if all he does is improve on Justin Herbert's dumb stuff rate, uh, Oregon going to be just fine in the position.
1: Justin Herbert is my spirit animal, multiple dumb things with multiple decisions. I can appreciate that. Um, Rob, really the story of this team is the defense because it is filthy, filthy, disgusting inappropriate. And it's going to destroy a lot of teams in this conference
3: yeah i mean we managed to we always seem to manage to get through talking about oregon without talking about uh cave Tudo, who is phenomenal <laughs> yeah. and i think i mean i think it's going to be great next season um i mean i, I think this oregon team is going to be going to be I, I would say the de- I mean the defense projection number four in beta rank um that's a great tool to have in your bag i mean i think the tough thing is as we're going to see in that ohio state game um it's the era of big offense, like having a great defense. Is not nearly as cool of a thing to have as having a great offense offenses? Um, and Justin Fields is very good. Uh, that I, I think that I think Oregon's going to take a shot in the mouth early on in that game, um, just because it's, it's, it's going to be early. Um, they're still going to be there's I think they're still going to be acclimating to what their new offensive system is, you know, breaking in a lot of new guys there. Um, but other beyond that, like there's just not a lot of other games. You know, I don't think I have another game on their schedule where I wouldn't have them as the favorite. Now, I don't know that Oregon is going to be so good that they win every single time they have an off night. Um, that's that I think, like as Hippolyte said, like I, I could see them having another loss on their schedule. I but I don't necessarily know where I would, you know, you know picking that spot's a little harder.
1: They return their entire secondary. They return their entire front line. And really the the biggest issues where they have losses um, on the defensive side is at linebacker and they bring in the number one and number two linebackers of the in the country in Justin Flo and Noah Sewell. So I mean and plus all the blue chip people behind them. So it'll be interesting to see that that portion and that unit come together. But like Mace Funa just I, I'm curious what you think about him. Hithleday because he was the player that I kept my eye on when whenever he would come in the game because he just seemed really fun. It might just be because he hits hard, but is he a player that's going to be yeah. the full package when we see him on the field this year?
0: Well, it was interesting. It, it's interesting that you say that because he's the stud linebacker, and in Andy Avalos' defense, like he's the guy to watch rather than the, the Mike linebacker, who usually, when you're watching a defense, is the guy to key on on to to figure out where the play is going or how the defense is reading the play. Um, he was the second uh, stud linebacker. The other one, Bryson Young, is actually one of Oregon's losses. Actually, Oregon is losing a few guys in the defensive front um, uh, who are interesting players. It sort of depends on who you count as starters, but yeah. guys that I liked a lot. Um, Bryson Young, the stud backer, Lamar Winston, an outside linebacker who I loved to pieces uh, for every year. He was at Oregon Um, Drayton Carlberg. who was a three star who just turned into a total animal uh, his senior year. Like, yeah, there's a, um, uh, Gus Conberlander who I believe was just drafted. Um, uh, so there's, a uh, you know, there are some losses there, although, as you say, a lot of good, you know, blue chip players coming up behind him. I don't think Oregon's going to be in any trouble for those losses. Um, and, and Mace Funa, uh, yeah, I actually think he's going to have a really intriguing year. His body type is a little different from, uh, Bryson Young's. Um, he's, he's much bigger. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, you know, he's, uh, he, he was. You know, playing as a freshman. Oregon played a ton of guys. That was the other thing that was absolutely crazy about Oregon's defense in 2019 is how many true freshmen they were playing. I I made sure whenever I put up film uh, study clips, you know, to to highlight, like, you know, here's true freshman Mikhail Wright, a cornerback who's locking down their best receiver. And here's true freshman Kayvon Thibodeau, as uh, Rob mentioned, who's, you know, beating the hell out of their left tackle. And here's, you know, true freshman Brandon Dorlos, who's running over the Remington Trophy winner, Uh, you know, and, and here's true freshman, you know, Mace Funa, who's, you know, destroying the running back's block to get to the quarterback. Like, yeah, uh, you know, so Sewell and Flo, you know, those very highly rated uh, uh, inside linebackers. Yeah, I, I, I think that Oregon is going to be very comfortable playing them. And 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 to your point, I think that it, it it's the reason why Oregon's flo- floor is very high. You know, in this type of league, you know, Rob's point is very well taken that this is, you know, an era of big offense. In the Pac-12, you know, it's been the era of big offense since sometime in the 1990s. Uh, you know, we're all kind of used to that. And and the teams who tend to win this conference, uh, your Stanfords, your Washingtons in recent years, you know, Utah's threatened to, et cetera. The, you know, they're teams that go a little bit against type and who can shut down those high-flying offenses. And I feel like, you know, looking at the schedule, I don't see an offense that is so scary that, you know, Oregon's defense is going to have a hard time limiting them to under 20 points. and and, and You know, And the question is just going to be, can Joe Moorhead score 20 points? The record seems to indicate that he can get to three touchdowns.
1: So going into this, uh, again, the season win total is nine and a half at both books. And you basically are looking for three losses here if you want to take the under. And I would argue that it's going to be hard to find those. Let's go through the numbers here. North Dakota State, which I understand everybody has North Dakota, blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, uh, North Dakota State is like, you know, a powerhouse in the lower conference. But... It's a, it's a lower conference for a reason, and Oregon has them at home. They have Ohio State at home and then Hawaii. I think that Ohio State game, I have it marked down as a loss, but I I also have like a you know 40% chance that Oregon wins that game. Um, and we've already talked about Ohio State, but actually, Rob, what are the numbers on that? What does Beta Rank say?
3: So like I said, I think Beta Rank's underrating the Ducks here. It's got them – as about a 16 point underdog at home, <laughs> I would put it closer to eight or nine, but I, I mean, I think like Ohio state, like Ryan day has got them rolling. And even as well as we talk about Oregon recruiting, like if you watch the NFL draft, Ohio state's recruiting at a very different level.
1: Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, moving on to the next three at Colorado, Washington at home and at Cal. And the, by the way, the at Cal game comes after a buy, So for a moment, I had highlighted that and I went, oh, they got a week to prepare and all that stuff. Um, I have them winning all three, Max. Is there anyone here where you think there's a trip up spot or think that they're like, I mean, I know Washington will probably be the most competitive of those three, but I just think Oregon's better than Washington and they have them at Autzen. What do you think?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I have Oregon as a nine point favorite over Washington. And then Oregon as about a six-point favorite at Cal. So I mean, or, Oregon for me, they're they're favored in every Pac-12 game, uh, and obviously there are games uh, where where they're going to be like under a touchdown. Like I think the uh, USC game, they won't be favored by a touchdown. Uh, and then Cal, I, so I have them just under a touchdown. Those are probably the two games where I would circle. I in and and, and, and I, I mean, like Stanford and Washington, like sure they could surprise, but I, I have those lines higher. Um, for me, like I would have them three and0 in, in those games. Uh, and then having having that buy in between coming off that rivalry game against Washington and then having that buy to prep at Cal, I think is really enormous because if you didn't have that buy there and it was straight from washington Washington at home, to going to add Cal on the road. I think that that's a potential letdown spot there, but having that by definitely, uh, spaces things out nicely.
1: Right on. Moving on the next three games here, Stanford at home. Like you had mentioned, Max at Arizona and then USC at home. Hithliday, um, any any uh, any game that you're particularly particularly concerned about uh, Arizona by the way new defensive coordinator new quarterback who's probably better than uh, the old quarterback but um, that tends that can be a trap game but as, as somebody that watches a lot of Arizona football man the, the, just the the size of Oregon up front I think is just going to make it really difficult for Arizona to get back into a game where you know where they come behind
0: yeah, it, it's a Halloween game in the desert. I, I'm going to have my oven on and ready for me to stick my head in when Oregon inevitably loses for no good reason. Yeah, I don't know what to say. Um, no, obviously I have us the USC game circled. Um, you know, it is it is probably a preview of the Pac-12 championship game. Um, you know, Oregon did very well against them last year in the Coliseum. This year they've got them at home. Uh, I think that Oregon knows that that, you know, game is coming up, which actually makes me worried about at Arizona as a trend. Game, but setting that aside, like, yeah, you know, that's it. it uh, you know, here's a scenario that's probably more likely than Oregon losing to to Arizona or Wazoo, as I said earlier, that they lose to uh, USC in uh, the regular season and then get revenge in in the the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, and then wouldn't that be a very interesting case uh, for the playoffs if if there are not four one or zero loss uh, conference champions remaining?
1: Yeah. I didn't realize that that was a sandwich game that at Arizona and a look ahead game. So I look, I, I think we disagree on Stanford. I don't think Stanford is going to be a PAC 12 contender. I think they're going to be better. Um, and, and they still say Stanford on the front of their Jersey. So for like, I just think that that at Arizona game could be a trap. I don't think, I don't think Oregon wins. I'm sorry. I don't think Oregon loses, but I will likely be betting on Arizona to at least cover because that spread could be pretty high, uh, particularly if Oregon's really strong. So I just want to highlight that. and I'm glad that you brought that up, Max. The last two games are Arizona State at home and Washington State. And I'm curious what you, what you. Oh having.
0: no! Come on! You can't disrespect the beeves that badly.
1: Oh, did I miss them? Are are they in between that? <laughs> I totally no. They're the, the the Civil War. It's the last week of the year. Oh, I missed that. Is that uh in Corvallis? It is. Okay, Max, uh, do you have do you have them slipping up in any of those three games?
2: Uh, I have Oregon as a double digit favorite in all three of those games. Nice. I don't, so I don't. But then again, I mean, Oregon was a sizable favorite uh, at Arizona State last season, and so I mean, you I feel like that. I mean, any Pac-12 team can slip up in any game, except for any game against Colorado this year. Um, but, <laughs> but I just feel like with Oregon, that like last year, I feel like with that Arizona State game, that they they learned their lesson. And that I, I think that they'll know more about like the grind of the week in, week out, and they can't really afford to have any of those slip-up games against inferior competition. So, yeah, I, I think that they win their last three games. And I think they do so pretty handily.
1: All right, Rob, last word here on their season win total, nine and a half. Do you have the over or do you have the under? And and what does Betarank have on their total season win total?
3: So beta rank, like I said, is I think is underrating Oregon. It's got them at eight point one eight. I mean I think that's low. I I would probably like I, I think I would have them at about nine and a half. Teams in that range though, like that you you tend to underperform, like you tend when you look at the season win total with expected wins they tend to under you tend to underestimate because the teams you know they're they're a 70 chance to win in a lot of games that they're very likely to win those games unless they have an off night um i i, I like oregon to win 10 i think that's about right
1: there you go and hithliday I, I know i just said i was giving rob the last word but i didn't ask you what you thought on the season win total
0: Uh, I have them at 10 only because it would be preposterously arrogant to have them at 11. Uh, I guess I'll put them, I'll put it this way. They should be favored in 11 games, right? 11 out of 12 games. Uh, you know, like I said, to start out with, I think they'll lose one of the games that they're favored in simply because of course they will. This is the flipping pack 12. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to imagine that happening twice.
1: Awesome. We have three more teams to run through, and I know they're not the biggest names, but I think we're going to have some of the highest value picks and some probably some of the most disagreement on this podcast. So stay tuned next week as we go into our Oregon State, Stanford, and Cal season win totals. It's going to be a great conversation. Stay tuned, and thanks for listening.